Cult Hackers and welcome to the podcast. I'm Celine, a media graduate with an interest in cults. And I'm her dad. I'm Stephen Mather. I'm an organisational psychologist these days. I was raised in a high control group or cult. Welcome to the podcast. Just a couple of little things. Um, I've got the window open today. It's quite a warm day in the studio here. <laughs> and um, I call it a studio. It's kind of like a roof space. Um, your ex-bedroom. I was going to say, aka my bedroom of, yeah. of long past. But I do have pigeons nesting outside the window. So you may hear the odd wood pigeon noise. So I do apologise if it does. But um, there you go. That's what indie That's podcasting it. So is there about. You go. That's it. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about what, Celine? Um, Well, we're going to talk about The Truman Show because um, I was watching it and I was like, mm. oh, I wonder what like a culty kind of responses to this mm. like a cult reading of this would be yeah. and um so then I said to about that to you on the um when we were chatting mm. and then you said oh yeah we watched it like yeah, two days ago, or days ago. Mm. yeah so just so happened coincidence so I thought yes timing. let's do that mm-hmm. um it's something that we've thought about doing um so for those of you who haven't heard this type of episode before from us we do every now and again do a cult reading of a movie um and yeah we've we've talked about the matrix before we've looked at Star Trek, a lot. other things. Star Trek, yeah, that's right. Um, so, the the creepy, creepy one. What is it? Um, when they go to Sweden. Oh yes, Midsummer. Yeah, yeah, mm. that's pretty. So cool-y. we we're trying to do like cult readings of popular films. So um, we don't necessarily think that the writer had a cult specifically in mind when they were writing or directing this. But the idea is that we we just look at it through a cult lens and then maybe towards the end, then we sometimes look at it in a sort of bigger picture mm-hmm. and think about, you know, what was the what was it trying to say to the viewer anyway? So, yeah, that's kind of the, um, the way it goes. Mm-hmm. We're not going to go scene by scene as such, but we are going to go through the film kind of chronologically. So, you know, if you haven't seen The Truman Show yet, um obviously there are spoilers in this go and watch it first and then um have a listen to this yeah bizarre if you haven't but yeah well, where have you been if you've not seen the Truman show but you know sometimes people don't catch this all one. these things mm-hmm. so yes um okay it's on netflix in the uk so it is in on netflix in the uk um yeah so it's actually known to be a very well-received film so definitely worth your time we're going to give it a cult viewing and the opening bit of the movie you're not quite sure whether you're watching the credits for the actual movie or whether you're watching the credits for the imagined show called the truman show and Mm -hmm. of course it is the latter Mm -hmm. um it's a kind of schmaltzy beginning isn't it Mm -hmm. and um, you get the creator of this show um talking about it so what what did you take from that opening Celine? well the whole being watched thing obviously and I suppose at that point it, I think I appreciate it start it doesn't start with him not knowing at all it starts with him already having the doubts so we've spoken before about the doubts and all of the different metaphors people have for their doubts and how it slowly 
you know, the bag rips apart or it all shatters eventually, whatever mm-hmm. metaphor you like to use about your realisation of it all being false. Um, so he's kind of already in that process. You've got Christoph who is talking about the show, isn't he? He's he's talking Our narcissist about the... cult leader. Yeah, that's right. So I think there's something there that we should pick up first. Mm-hmm. So we've actually got the cult leader who is the show maker in some respects. Mm-hmm. What's interesting about this particular cult, if we want to call it a cult, which we are giving it a cult reading, is unlike most cults, whereas the leader, maybe one or two lieutenants, um, they kind of know what's going on, but the rest of the participants don't. With mm-hmm. this, it's a bit different because actually everybody knows what's going on apart from just one person so this is a, a cult of one essentially yeah unless you and want to take it how i did and i took it that they're that they're pimo <laughs> physically and mentally out okay go on you could take it that, that way well because so some of them like the dad that comes in you know jumping ahead but the dad kind of wants to be back in and he's desperate to be back in, even though he knows it's not real. And these people are living their lives in this weird world, aren't they? So as much as they know it's not real, Mm. they are living there like all the time, presumably. Yeah, it's a very good point. Yeah. So they, they do realize it's all, it's all a show, but, um, but yeah, they, they are pretty much. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're as much there as he is in that everybody lives there, don't they? They don't. Mm leave um yeah. as far as it's maybe you do if you're a smaller actor but the main cast mm. they live there and the mum as well when they're looking for him she's like he just needs to hear my voice and then he'll come back that's a little bit delusional maybe um, yeah, so, yeah that's that's true yeah so but, she yeah. she feels like his mother and his wife is obviously living a life with him um the other thing i wanted to say about christoph who is the show creator um i feel like he he is all the time deluding himself because he spins this whole thing as some sort of wonderful thing that he's done for truman you know he thinks that he's helped him to live a real life and humanity (laughs) yeah not like the fake life that he would live outside so in a way that's this is quite similar to cult so it's like the the leader themselves has their own story. They have their own story about actually what they're doing. And it's never a bad thing, is it? Of course. And and they probably convince themselves that that's what they're doing. So I think that's what we can take from Christoph as well, is that he's convinced himself that he's doing Truman a favour here. So for those of you who haven't seen it before, but but would like to listen to the, the podcast, um, Truman is the center of this film he's actually living in a reality show he's the only one who doesn't know that it's a reality show he was a baby he was born into this environment and he was raised um being watched by millions of people around the world so that's the the conceit of the film and he's the Mm -hmm. only one that doesn't know what's happening he lives his life and everybody watches it so i mean this was very prescient in a way because obviously Back in those days, there might be one or two reality shows, but they weren't very, very common. Maybe Big Brother just just about started, but it was very prescient. I mean, now it's just reality TV. Yeah, I was going to say though, even more scary. I think is not the is not the um, 
likeness to reality TV, because I do think on the most part, people know that they're in the reality TV show. This is obviously taking it to the nth degree, but where I think it's even more um, to usual with prescient is when it is the baby vloggers or like the, Mm. um, the YouTube Mm. reality TV, because the kids that, for a long time don't know that they're in the reality mm. show of their lives yeah um they really are living the truman show um so that's kind Absolutely. of as well another reason i wanted to talk about it because mm. i think yeah it was calling out probably what it could see directly in front of it which yeah was these kind of reality big brother style tv shows but i think what it's hopefully you watch it and horrifies you is yeah the is these youtube channels that are where they have babies and or you know adopt babies for the sake of putting them on on their reality show mm. of their lives. Yeah, of course we've got the the Duggar family as well. Um yeah. the, the documentary we've mentioned mm-hmm. a few times on that. Um and that was very much like that. I mean they're, they're all those children they they grew up in mm-hmm. that environment really. Of course yeah. early on they wouldn't realise. And how do they come to terms with it as they start to notice mm-hmm. that they're being watched all the time yeah so the the whole way that things set up i think is is, is quite interesting uh right at the beginning you say that he's noticing things i'm not sure he does right at the beginning because he's got this kind of happy um he has this little catchphrase which is good morning and if I, in case i don't see you good afternoon good evening and good night mm-hmm. this is his little catchphrase that he's obviously developed himself um and i think there's something here as well that is about a kind of repetitive life that he's leading. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of same again, same again. He has this little catchphrase that he says to people. Um, and at this point, he's yeah, living his life, same every day. And I think that the idea is that there's this battle going on within him in that he's bored basically he's a bit bored just staying in this place but on the other hand he's got these hang-ups about leaving which obviously we'll talk about which is true but i do think you realize that what well, that's what's kind of suggested to you but i do think personally that he is start that he is questioning he's just not vocalizing and he's it's all like that dissonance that everybody is living mm. in i think he is you know he's not completely bought in anymore because I think he doesn't just want to go to Fiji because it would be a fun escape because he's never gone anywhere, but he wants to go to Fiji because of that experience he has where this woman questions his entire existence because apparently she's there. Obviously she's not, um, but that was the last he heard of where she might be. Um, but yeah, I do think he's he's very early in that journey, if you know what I mean? like, And that was, yeah, straight away I was like, oh, it's someone that's like living this life and they're in it, mm-hmm. but... We get we're very close to a crack <laughs> yeah i mean the big the big moment that i think for me is when he starts well, he to it. ask those questions is is when the falling light yeah because that's early isn't it that's quite yeah. early. Mm-hmm. so that's so he's driving in the car and then suddenly this thing falls out the sky mm-hmm. um it's got the word sirius on it which is the brightest star in the sky mm-hmm. so obviously this is one of the lights and the stars in the sky um and it falls to earth and obviously he's trying to work out where this thing's come from it's actually a studio light but he doesn't mm-hmm. know what that means they sell it as you know um plain bits <laughs> yeah so he, so the car radio he gets in the car car radio 
news says there's been some sort of accident or a jet had to let some of its equipment go because of problems and that's the explanation so yeah they're trying to make it up as they go along basically they're trying to make up for whatever it is that's happening and that's one of the things that they do but this this is the first moment and um, i think this is where his, his cognitive dissonance first kicks in so it's like oh that doesn't make any sense how how can i reconcile that but it's so difficult for him to make any other sense of that so he just accepts it then we see him doing what he does pretty much every day he goes and buys magazines also we we get and the magazine's quite interesting because he he has he wants to get a very specific magazine because he's creating this collage we don't know this at this point but he's creating a little collage trying to find the likeness of this girl that he met which we'll get to in a, in a bit but he's and that's why he's buying this magazine every day and he's ripping pages from it um but also we we see the the way that this world keeps trying to sell stuff so he kind of that this the twins these two identical twins guys sort of slamming up against the wall so that the camera can see the advert um what what, what can you say about that and the idea that everything's being sold all the time what in terms of a cult lens or in terms of yeah um... I, I mean i i feel like um if we really we're gonna have to stretch it here really but i mean obviously mm-hmm. the, the 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 wider interpretation of this is is you know we're constantly being sold to mm-hmm. um uh, i guess a comment on capitalism but if you're if you're using a purely cultic lens on this and saying this is a cult then i think you know you are constantly being sold to within a cult you're, you're constantly receiving the a sales pitch both in terms of the staying in the group and the importance of staying in the group but then also doing extra things so you know when i was raised as a jehovah's witness it was you know can you pioneer can your auxiliary pioneer so spending extra time in in the field ministry knocking on doors can you help with building projects can you give more money to the organization can you can you can you so there was always Mm -hmm. this suggestion that oh you should be getting this and you should be doing that and you should be doing this so I think there's like constant selling actually within these groups, whether that's religious or, of course, if it's like a an MLM, let's say, then you're constantly being sold to. You know, you have to invest in this. You have to invest in that. So you're always being sold to throughout. So I think for me that, you know, you could kind of mm-hmm. use that as a as a as a metaphor. Really. Yeah, definitely. And again, another thing that just foreshadowed the YouTube world, because We've yeah. had to put in place a lot of laws to yes. make people express when they're marketing something to you. Product placement is yeah. such a big thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this yeah. video is brought to you by. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So we get a little bit of. Uh, he, he he talks about Fiji, and so we get to know that he really wants to go to Fiji. At this point, we don't really know why Fiji, mm-hmm. other than it's kind of a long way away so we just think it's because it's the other side of the world for him really because that's what he sells it as that's right yeah exactly um he gets um a job so he's supposed to be an insurance salesman i mean you know that in itself is life insurance specifically i do believe yeah life insurance and what you know that is like your absolute waste of time because it's not real life insurance is it (laughs) 
is just working for absolutely no point whatsoever. And again, there's something there, isn't there? When mm-hmm. you're in a cult, you are just on this hamster wheel of activity for mm-hmm. absolutely well, generally, no reason. Well, he doesn't need to have a job because he's on a TV exactly. show. Obviously, he doesn't know that. But... <laughs> that's right. But that's, you know, I think also very apt. So he gets um, he gets asked to go to see a potential client. But this is going to mean he has to go across water. He That's when we learn that he has this sort of phobia mm-hmm. about crossing water, which we'll talk about why, why that is in a minute. So here's a question that I've listened to a few commentaries on on the truman show obviously not cult commentaries only we do that um Mm -hmm. but um but they've asked the question why did the makers of the show get him or give him this job to go across the water when actually they didn't want him to go across the water they didn't want him to go um outside remind him isn't it because he was considering going away obviously to fiji so then they wanted to quash that by you know forcing him into his fear in a very uncomfortable yeah not good way (laughs) absolutely so this is a reinforcement isn't it of his phobia Mm -hmm. they're they're helping to reinforce it to make sure he doesn't uh doesn't leave the world Mm because obviously they they need him to to stay so he sees a sunken boat he obviously feels very nervous about uh going over the water and, and obviously he he doesn't do it so he's um once again it's re- reaffirmed his phobia that he has what i think is interesting as well is the way that his friends his mother his wife they are constantly undermining him did you notice that yeah well they don't really care what he has to say do they <laughs> they're not interested <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah they just want him to stay obviously yeah so he's got but he's got these ambitions you know he he wants to explore and he wants to do this he wants to do that and they're constantly undermining him so of course we know the motivation but i think again this is really good as a way of thinking about life in a cult certainly my life growing up was you know don't don't have big ideas and um don't what do you you know you're not going to do that why why Mm. would you think you could do this and i think a lot of people growing up in cults um, and also in in controlling relationships, they experience this too. So it's you know, why would you want to do that? And you'll never be able to do that. And oh, you're just full of dreams. You'll not be able to to do this. All these ideas, all these suggestions you've got, <laughs> they're just constantly dragging you down, sort of grinding you down, so that you don't have any ambition. That is what it's like growing up in a cult. Just try to get rid of all that ambition because they want you to stay within the confines of this organization. Mm-hmm. Stay in your lane. So one of the biggest um, reasons for this, of course, is the accident. So do you want to describe the accident, Celine? Um, then we can talk about mm-hmm. it. So, yeah, he basically wants to go out to explore, doesn't he? And he goes on a boat trip with his dad. And, yeah. um, and then they kill his dad off. Yeah. just horrendous really um yeah yeah so now he's got a extremely big ptsd event mm. of seeing his dad get swept away to sea as far as he's concerned yeah um but it, you know presumably they like once his dad disappears enough they ease off the the waves and ease him in 
yeah yeah and, you right. know and they get his mum to say stuff like i don't blame you but in a very like pointed i do 100 percent blame you this is you bad child <laughs> never try that again kind of way you know? absolutely so so when um I, I jotted down on my notes fog f-o-g have you come mm. across the acronym f-o-g Celine? No. so i don't know who came up with this so i can't claim to be the inventor of it um but f-o-g fear obligation and guilt mm. so this is a really i think it's a really great way or a, it's a really good um demonstration of how cults do this so they they make you fear they create a sense of obligation and they they create a sense of guilt so they've you've got it all there so he's got mm-hmm. this terrible fear of going across water because of what happened. They set up this pretend. He doesn't know, though. He thinks his dad literally drowned in the sea. And that's created this phobic fear in him. He's absolutely terrified of crossing water. Come back to the obligation in a minute. The, the guilt bit, you know, he feels guilt. And, and his mother in the show, obviously not his real mother, but the mother in the show reinforces that, as you say, by this passive aggressive well, I don't, you know, of course I don't blame you. You know, that's obviously making sure that the guilt mm. is there. And all that creates this sense of obligation. Well, you know, it is really his fault. So he really needs to be there for his mother. Mm-hmm. He really needs to stay around because it's his fault ultimately that that his dad died. Yeah, because he, was on he tries to leave, doesn't he? At some other point, they mentioned he wanted to go again at a different time. But his mother, quote unquote, was ill. So he had to stay. Absolutely. And that's, again, so, so much like, I mean, it is a coercive relationship. So that's why mm. um, this is a good choice to film to, to analyze, because essentially, we have got a coercive relationship mm-hmm. and cults are coercive relationships on a, on a larger scale. So yeah, that's what that's what we're seeing. Yeah, again, I've, we've got his wife doing this whole ad thing mm-hmm. <laughs> again with the the knives and all sorts of other things. The She's the one that mower. uses that lawnmower. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, um, and, I, I, and I mean, even we, when it's like going terribly, yeah. like everything is like falling apart, and then she's like, "Do you want some cocoa?" And like goes in, and he's like, <laughs> "Who are you talking to?" <laughs> yes. Just losing his mind. So I, I thought that. You know, again, we're stretching it a bit here, but I felt that that was almost like a, a sort of thought-stopping cliche for her. It was like, um, I don't know what to do. Let's just go back to the thing that you I know how something. to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so mm-hmm. yeah, we could we could say that. Um, okay, so then next thing we see the girl. So we we get to see the girl that he fell for. He's attracted to this this girl. She's looking. He keeps at getting him. dragged away by yeah. like, men in suits. Yeah. <laughs> so she's he's blocked all the time so he's Mm -hmm. attracted to her obviously she likes him she's only an extra though so she's not the one for him because she's Mm -hmm. not been uh recruited for that job yeah Yeah. so he's he's already decided who he's going to marry and so everybody's sort of funneling him away from meeting this girl and again i think there's something there you know when when you're in these groups often you're sexual partners your um your closest friends you you have these at least if not chosen for you and sometimes they are literally chosen for you and you're very much funneled into yeah these are the people that you can be friends with uh nobody else so Mm -hmm. you're you're kind of funneled into that particular friendship so yeah he's not able to go out with the girl he actually 
would like to. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, she she likes him and um, finds a way to talk to him in the library, and they she says, "Look, we've got to go now," and they they go off to the beach. Uh, where they kiss for the first time. And at that point, she tells him straight. She gives him the whole, or as mm-hmm. much as you can, the, the, the truth. The time that she's got, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what did you think to his reaction on that? Well, he's just bewildered, isn't he? Because it's all happening yeah. in a very chaotic mm. way. There's not really time for her to explain it in any kind of like reasonable way. But it seems like it's um, in the back of his mind from then on. Like I say, that yeah, when so things, def- whenever things happen, it seems to be a point that he returns to. Definitely. And I think this is a really important point in the film if we're going to give it a cult reading. So when when you're in a cult, if somebody tries to explain to you that you're in a cult or that this belief system is is nonsense, you know, UFOs are not going to come and rescue you or you're, you know, you're not going to live forever in paradise on earth. You're not going to meet your your dead loved ones again at the graveside um if you try to explain to somebody that it's they they almost cannot take it especially if they were raised in it like truman was they cannot process it it's too much to process but what we do notice is that something stays so definitely there's some sort of you know effects there now i'm not giving anybody anybody advice about how you should help wake somebody up because I I you know I'm not experiencing that I don't I don't pretend to know the answers there and a lot of experts do seem to say you shouldn't really challenge people directly like that um but I think I, I think back to my own experience and I know that um when people did challenge me in that way or if I watched something on TV like Richard Dawkins or something I would really hate him I think he's he's awful what an awful man what he's saying these terrible things but there was something there and I never forgot the things that he said. So sometimes there is a, like a little seed um, that germinates then. And I think, yeah, you're right. It's at that point that things start to, to really start to shift in his brain. And of course he's, he's fallen in love. He's got this girl as well that he, he really likes. And at this point he finds out that, well, her pretend dad comes and takes her away mm-hmm. uh, and tells him we're moving to Fiji. And that's quite interesting because this is an attempt by the writers to try and kill that relationship stone dead, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what happens? Well, it just creates a fascination and a desire to yeah. go to Fiji because they pick this <laughs> furthest away place. Yeah. It could have just said somewhere yeah. so close by. Yeah. Um, and so like, nothing they could have picked somewhere so boring and nothing they they picked such a exciting far-flung place yeah absolutely boxes for leaving (laughs) yeah absolutely and and so it it, you know there's this thing about the human spirit i think comes across in the film in lots of levels and there is something there about you know you you can try and kill somebody's spirit but it's still there really and you know he he this becomes an obsession with him. Fiji is the place he wants to go. And as you said, he didn't really tell anybody why it was Fiji. Of course, everybody knows because they've seen him mm-hmm. be told that it's Fiji. But in his world, he's kept this to himself and he's just, he wants to go to Fiji because it's a long way away. But but we know that. And the everybody knows. <laughs> and everybody knows, yeah. Um, then we we find out about the collage that he's making. So we didn't 
didn't quite understand that when we first watched the film, why he was buying these books and ripping these bits of paper out. And um, But I, I thought one of the interesting things with that is that he's making this collage on the other side of the, the frame, which is the portrait well, of his wife. You know what's wife. interesting? The, the quote-unquote, the fake image, the one that's made up of lots of other bits, is more real than the image yeah. on the front. How true. Yeah, mm. absolutely. If you're enjoying the podcast, you can support it by becoming a patron. You can support the podcast for just £1 or $1.50 and receive a variety of Patreon benefits as a thank you. Don't forget to share the podcast, follow, like, subscribe and rate the podcast on the podcast app you're using. A review is particularly helpful as it gets us recognised by new listeners. And finally, if you'd like to reach out to us and tell us about some court hacking you've been involved in or you just want to say hi, you can do so by going to courthackers.com and using the contact form. We love hearing from our court hackers. Thank you for listening and now back to the podcast. Uh, He gets a bit more evidence. So um, he's listening to the radio and all of a sudden, for some reason, the radio starts, car radio starts. Describing him and what he's doing, where he's going. It's picking up on the microphones, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Radio mics. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that, I mean, that must, how, how can you, rationalize that but he tries to um there's more gaslighting so the they do a little bit of gaslighting they do yeah there's a lot of gaslighting and he kind Mm -hmm. of accepts it but definitely doubts are now really screaming at him aren't they i love Um, um so you know the big doubts really kick in uh, when he goes to the uh elevator the lift oh yeah, yeah yeah and he sees the back of the lift is a, yes. a set. Um, and obviously it's very quick and, you know, yeah. that that's why it's kind of difficult. But I love his wife trying to play that off. I'm just like, and yeah. it just fell. And, you know, both of them looking at each other just like, yeah. it's like, yeah. I know that you know and you know that I know, but neither of us are 100%. So we're just going to keep dancing around it, pretending that it's fine. And that is exactly what happens in cults. You know, you know it's rubbish. They know it's rubbish really deep down. It's all nonsense. And yet you just kind of keep going through the performance. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure a lot of people that are in cults at some level, and Mm -hmm. we'll we'll talk a bit more about that because I think that's in some respects the the bit right near the end is, is kind of related to that. Mm-hmm. um yeah so he's he's really starting to have doubts and at this point he starts to to test so now he's actually doing a few experiments himself he's he's actually trying to test the boundaries and see uh whether something's wrong here and that's mm-hmm. when he starts to um well first of all he goes to his friends heartbreaking really the the friendship he has because um, he actually trusts his friend he really does also what made me laugh is every time every time he has a bit of a a wobble um along comes his mate with his six pack of beer it's like and it's always the same type of beer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> here he is again you know here's yeah. marlon with his beer but were they was he was he because he says oh, we've known you all my life mm-hmm. so i'm presuming that he was cast as a child actor and Must he just been, he? lives there mm-hmm. so this is what i mean by they're all mm-hmm. kind of a bit trapped as well you know yeah, just because they're true. quite unquote choosing to be there as we've discussed in courts, just because you know things doesn't how much have you chosen yeah. to be there because also i wonder what the family of these people think the ones that join later like the wife that becomes 
yeah. a character. She couldn't. Can she ever go home? Presumably not, unless she goes on a holiday. Yeah. You know, absolutely. And I don't imagine that anyone goes on holiday because they're trying to sell it as the best place ever. Why would you ever leave? <laughs> so I guess if you're yeah. an actor, there you go there and you never leave. You join a compound, effectively. You, 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 you are join joining a cult. A cult <laughs> yeah, you it's join the Truman cult. Um, yeah. Mm. And you all know, to a certain degree, mm. but you've all bought into the cult that this is good and great. That's right. And yep. something that you'd love to be a part of. And yeah. it's helping humanity because of, like, showing the reality of man or whatever he spins it as. Yeah. So, yeah. You're so right. That's that's really good observation. Yeah, absolutely. So he's he's in a cult in that he's going through the whole waking up process, but like they're in it in a different way. I feel. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. They are they are also indoctrinated. Um, mm. Christoph is indoctrinated. Yeah, because you would never this do cult. this uh, in mm. a normal state mm. of affairs and think it was good. But yeah, unless you're in a bit of a culty situation. Um, yeah. So we're good. Yeah, very good. Yeah, we, we we see a bit more indoctrination now. So his his wife and his mother, you know, sat on the settee there on the sofa. Um, they're showing remind him, you of the good, happy, nice that's times. Right, all yeah. these photographs. And um, and then she says, uh, your favourite TV show's on, um, and it's shown me the way to go home. <laughs> mm. And again, this is all like, oh, why would you want to go anywhere else? You know, why would you mm-hmm. want to leave? Because the mm-hmm. best place is home. And it's uh, mm-hmm. all, again, all this indoctrination. Constant, constant, yeah. constant, constant. And also trying to get him to have a baby, they're really onto the baby yes. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so emotionally trapping him even mm-hmm. further. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That, but he's still. So at this point, he really is. Doubts are, are massive now. So mm. at this point, he's he's so well. I'll, I'll, well, he follows his wife to the hospital actually, mm-hmm. and um, observes what is supposed to be an operation. Obviously, it's a bit fast. Yeah. Yeah. And he sees this poor extra like shit herself because she thinks someone's about to actually cut her leg because they drop something, don't they? And yeah. they're like, "Are we going to have to actually do this to make him believe?" You know, how far yeah. will they go? Are they going to take laugh. my leg? Yeah. Makes me laugh because you get these few moments. There's there's that, and there's also like the bus driver um, who mm-hmm. actually doesn't know how to drive a bus. <laughs> Then they want him to drive the boat, and he doesn't know how to do that because it's just an act. So you get to a point where he he actually can't do any more because he doesn't know how to, mm-hmm. which I think is quite funny. Um, yeah, he notices his wife on one of the photographs. His wife's got her fingers crossed on their wedding day on their wedding photographs, which suggests that she was lying when she made those vows. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, more questions, more questions. Um, the other thing I thought was quite interesting. He doesn't know this, but we get to see at this point lots and lots of angles that we haven't been shown before. Mm-hmm. Um, so thinking about the movie making itself, uh, we get to see cameras in little in the mirror and then sort of cameras in holes mm-hmm. and so on. So um, and I think that's quite interesting. So we we are we're now being shown that he's literally being surveilled everywhere everywhere he goes he's being watched and i wanted to say something about that in relation to cults Mm -hmm. so in cults you're often surveilled by everybody else that's in the cult um it's one of the the big things um our dear friend erica bornman um who has been on the show you know she talks about how this was a big thing in in the group she grew up in quasi zabantu um they they were trained 
to snitch on each other and snitching is a is a big thing in these groups um and i think you know you can very easily draw that parallel you're being watched surveilled all the time if you make a single mistake somebody's yeah. going to tell you yeah, you don't have you don't have friends and that's something that's highlighted in the handmaid's tale as well and that's she's like yes. you're put with a friend like a a, mm. a person and it's immediately that it's not for you to have companionship and friendship it's so you can watch each other that's and, right uh, yeah, yeah i think that yeah, is, and that's and that happens in totalitarian states of course as well it's it happened in eastern germany was or east germany was perhaps one of the the most mm. well-known good example of a totalitarian regime really um so he goes to the travel agent he now is making active attempts to to get away mm-hmm. so he's he's now trying to get out so he goes to the travel agent um computer says no basically there's no there's no flights until august um which is about a month away um so he rushes onto the coach because he thinks i can get away on the coach and that's when of course the coach in inverted commas scare, scare quotes breaks down mm-hmm. um so again he's trying to trying to get away and there's lots of blockers and again if you're in a cult this yeah. is what happens block, block, and block. another thing is that the guy running yeah. the show the cult says if he wanted to leave he could leave um and then you proceed to watch them block him at like so many routes mm. and he's like no he's really got to prove it he's got to nearly kill himself and then i'll believe that he actually wants to leave so i want to read some of that because that comes mm-hmm. right at the end and mm-hmm. you're absolutely right and we we cast our mind back to this scene mm-hmm. it's not true is it is physically mm-hmm. being stopped yeah by um, cars yeah. and and you know yes. and, and things like when he's yeah. basically when he tries to like scare the shit out of his wife <laughs> to blocked make her talk turn. yeah yeah blocked mm-hmm. it every time because they want i think he wants to make her talk doesn't he so he's just like fine if i get to leave brilliant because i want to leave but mm. if not this you're you're gonna talk because i'm gonna drive this car like a lunatic <laughs> and he i mean it's uh, of course jim carrey we, we should say jim carrey is is truman we haven't given the names really of the actors but he's brilliant in this part he's perhaps the only actor that could play this in the way that he does he's just brilliant mm. in it but and he he plays a great guy who goes kind of nuts um you know he does the same in me myself and irene um yeah. but this this film he's he he is actually losing his mind um and it's we less should... funny this time um yeah, than a lot of his stuff because it's just like there's bits that are like yeah that are funny but it's not a comedy in the, tragic, you know a lot really. of what he does is mm. a comedy this is is less so <laughs> Absolutely. But and, and I think he he is losing his mind at this point. Um, and again, this is and a he good... starts to question then, doesn't he? When yeah. she's when he's really frightened, his wife mm. and the guy comes around the, the best friend. I think yeah. he does feel a bit bad, doesn't he? Yes. Right. Yes, of course. He's behaved in a way that has frightened his wife. And I mean, he still sees it as his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't know what's happening, but he knows he's and he lost control of course he's he's mm-hmm. he doesn't know what to do and and you know it is easy to lose your mind i think when you're in a cult especially at the point where you're thinking of leaving and that you know people do suffer from mental illnesses because mm-hmm. of this you know there's something wrong you know you're not happy you know 
at some level, you know you want to leave, but you don't know how. And it kind of drives you nuts. And I think a lot of people who are in courts are like that. I know I was like that for a long time. Um, suffered from depression as a witness. And it, it takes, you know, it's very, very difficult. It takes its toll on you because you're trying to perform. You're trying to be something you're not, but you don't understand how to get out. So, yeah, it's um, I, I can definitely identify with that. Mm-hmm. Um, he, ma- he makes a run for it in the car, as you said. He's blocked at every turn, but he does get to the bridge. And, of course, he's got this fear of going over the water, but he... And she looks relieved because she's like, Brilliant. Yeah, we're fine. Yes. And then they're not fine as <laughs> they go. He forces her on the wheel to do yes, it. He does. Yeah. He puts his foot on the accelerator pedal and off they go and closes his eyes. So she has to steer. But um, yes, yeah, so very brave, overcame his fear. But of course, he's not escaped. There's there's more blockages, you know, forest fire, um, mm-hmm. overturned chemicals or whatever. Um, so, yeah, all all stopping him from leaving. Mm-hmm. So the point that you mentioned is when she shouts, do something when he when mm-hmm. she thinks that he's going to attack her. And he mm-hmm. he kind of does. He grabs the knife from her and it looks like he's I mean, I don't think he would hurt her, but mm. um, she's obviously frightened and she shouts. Do They've something. already had this like psychotic drive. So I think she's a little right. bit on edge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this is when we get that really sad, absolutely heartbreaking scene when he's mm-hmm. talking to his best friend. Um and as you say, I think this is actually really good. So your point that you made before that, that actually his best friend and everybody else is kind of a member of this cult. Mm-hmm. And literally, as he's confiding in his best friend, his best friend is receiving instruction in his ear mm-hmm. um, what to say, yeah, the words to use. The and again, yeah, and it's devastating because I think he looks a bit guilty and sad um, to say it. I don't know if you yeah. got that as well, but I feel Kinda like he did, looks yeah. a bit, he looks a little bit sad to me because there's a gap between him hearing it and obviously saying it. And I feel like if you look at, if he doesn't look like he's like, mm, this is good, I'm good. Do you know what I mean? It it, yeah. it does feel a little bit guilty, but what, what, however he feels, it's sad yeah, he's way. still doing it. And, and again, I felt this was very resonant um in these groups in cults the cult members are also trained in how to scarecrows help weak ones people that are struggling spiritually so they'll be you know how do you help a weak person and there'll be points on the platform little demonstrations about how you can help weak ones the sorts of things to say how you can help them um and you know that's pretty much the same it's it's almost like you've got an earpiece in and you are right how do i do this now well i've been told well, yeah there are scripts at the end of yeah. the day and um just because his being fed in through his ear i mean like as we've said previously funerals for instance um are very scripted yeah. um yeah you know that very sad experience you're going through mm. that deserves a personalized genuine authentic reaction is not given and you get a very cut and paste scripted thing and that feels very much like what's happening in that moment yeah absolutely so i think it's quite interesting now so what happens is at the end of this conversation his best friend says you were right about one thing though and this is where they bring his dad back Mm. so he now because he's seen his father thought 
he'd seen his father. Everybody tells him he's he's mm-hmm. not. But now they've decided this is kind of, I guess, the last throw of the dice, really, to try and um, get him back. Get him back. So here's your dad. So they're using all his close relatives. Now they've even got his his what who he thinks is his dad, his dad, his mum, his wife, his best friend, all these close people to him. They're all manipulating him, trying to keep him in this cult, essentially, this on this island. So they're leveraging close relationships. And that's what cults do. They leverage close relationships. If they can't, if they don't have the close relationships, like family relationships, then they encourage you to cut them away and form new ones so that you become uh, reliant on them. So there's, there's a bit in the film now where there's a bit of a break in a way for the story because we get to see an interview with Christoph, who is the creator. Um, I should just mention the actors here. So Ed Harris is Christoph, um, and the guy that's interviewing him, um, I forget his name now, I can't find him on, on the list, but he's um, he's the guy who does The Simpsons, lots of the voiceovers in The Simpsons, mm. Kent Brockman. And I couldn't help but but think of Kent Brockman when he was talking, because, mm-hmm. of course, he puts on that voice, that newsreader voice. Mm-hmm. Um, but, of course, they, they think that Christoph is a genius and um, this this interview... And this is where we hear from, there's a bit of a phone in, and this is where we hear from Lauren, who is on the outside, of course, and she accuses him of being a terrible person, essentially. The interviewer, though, asks Christoph, why has he never doubted his world until now? Mm-hmm. Which I think is is a really good question. So you kind of alluded to this already. And he says... And I'm going to read a a couple of quotes here. So this is the actual words. He says, um, we accept the reality of the world with which we are presented. Which I think is really interesting. And he says he could leave at any time if it was more than just a vague ambition. If he was absolutely determined to discover the truth, there is no way we could prevent him. So, yeah, you've kind of touched on that already. but, But have you got any thoughts on that? It's just, you know, a way of covering your back in the sense that you're like, well, he, he could, you know, in terms of yeah. an ethical choice, but um, it's it feels a, a bit like the annoying uh, sociologist document, you know, the, they can leave any time. Why don't they? <laughs> That's exactly, that was exactly my thoughts. Yeah. It sounds like apologists. You know, yeah. this is not a, this is not a, a controlling court because people can leave anytime they want to. And people do leave. So, yeah, he does leave in the end, but... It was incredibly hard and it didn't have to be. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's that's very interesting. Um, and again, lots of parallels there. Um, okay, so let's uh, pick up the pace a bit. So he he's looking at himself in the mirror now and something's changed. You sort of see that something's changed in him. Mm-hmm. And I think at this point he's made his decision to, to go um, mm-hmm. and he starts to make his plans to escape sleeping in the basement manages to create some sort Mm -hmm. of looking as though he's asleep and off he goes he's he's trying to get away shows a lot of bravery obviously uses a boat terrified of of water terrified of the sea but but overcomes his fears but the desperation of the cult the desperation of christoph the tv show to keep him in is massive he would Um, he nearly kills him (laughs) absolutely yeah, he'd rather see him dead, really. 
Because, mm-hmm. yeah, he says he was born on TV, you can die on TV. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And there is there is a desperation to keep people in these groups, or at least there's, there seems it. Mm-hmm. So he manages, we, we see him almost drown. We see him overcoming these incredible difficulties to get out. Again, you know, as somebody who's left a high control group, I know how that feels. Um, some groups are even more difficult, I think. You know, there's there's definitely some that are, you really do take your life in your hands. And, um, and yet people do manage to escape. But this does not undermine the fact that it is a cult. Just because some people can manage to escape doesn't mean it's not a cult because he he overcomes all those things and he literally bumps into the edge of the world bumps with a crash he bumps into the real world um and he he kind of starts to realize that there's something not right about the world mm-hmm. and he he walks up what essentially is like stairway to heaven really isn't it mm. it's um, a great kind of metaphor mm-hmm. there. and the tv creator yeah speaks to him from the heavens <laughs> this is god isn't it and i just thought this is like the pictures now this is a very old book but i when i was growing up we used to have the truth book and we used to have the paradise book and there was always this illustration of clouds and kind of these rays of sunshine coming down sometimes you see it um, when the clouds are in a certain way and that's what we saw and it's like jehovah talking to him mm. um and it's here where he he still wants him to stay in the world. I don't know what he thinks this TV show is going to be if, um, if he stayed, but he, he really still wants him to stay in this pretend world. Mm-hmm. I think he wants him to go back to pretending. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you don't believe that. it. Mm-hmm. So this reminds me of, of when, so for Jehovah's witnesses, if you get disfellowshipped, um, one of the reasons why many people come back and get reinstated from being disfellowshipped is because they are desperate to have their family again and their mm-hmm. friends again, their community, even if they don't believe it. And in a way, mm-hmm. the organization doesn't care that much whether they believe it or not, or not so long as they come back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that's another parallel to that, um, really. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't also, matter if he doesn't believe it. And also, if he's if he's not, after doing our narcissist episode, if that man's not a narcissist, I don't know what is. He's literally absolutely. got a God complex. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You, know. you can't leave, he says. You belong here. Mm. So he thinks that he has control over mm. Truman and he can decide where he should be and where he... Mm-hmm. I thought that was uh, that was quite interesting. So, yeah. Mm. So that's, that's pretty much it. Of course, he... he the last thing we see is him saying his little line to God. I love the bow, very <laughs> sassy bow. And he, he walks out the door. And that's mm-hmm. that's the end of the film. Beautiful mm-hmm. ending. Wouldn't you love to see a film, though, afterwards that's like mm-hmm. Truman taking them to court? <laughs> I'd love it. <laughs> yeah. So what happens afterwards? So this is something that I wanted to ask you about. So his life after this mm. What are the difficulties going to be for Truman? Um, so he'll probably want to talk about it because yep. he'll want to talk about his experience, as we know, generally people do want to be able mm. to say, say, you know, his life's been edited together into a story his whole life. He'd like to maybe have ownership over his own. And he'll probably be told by lots of people, you wanted to leave the show. Why are you talking about it? Just get on with your life. <laughs> That's right. Um, yes. You know, and he'll and he'll say, well, I want to have ownership over my own story. And they're like, oh, whatever you chose to leave. 
and it'll be that'll be one of them um, love it yeah i love the little conversation you just had there that's great um yeah no you're absolutely right aren't you and he, he he'd come on this podcast and and talk about it. um yeah i think there's that and um he would also be quite paranoid i think about um it'd be very hard to trust the world ever again exactly I think- to call back to our favourite documentary, it would seem, in the vow when they're talking to the people, they're like, how do people end up in cults effectively? Mm. And then and they say they, that you must have been very trusting. And mm. the body basically just goes, well, not anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and I think, so this is where I don't, you know, I, I don't want to upset anybody, um, mm. but I, I feel like um, we, we have addressed this before. So when you leave a cult that has controlled you in such such a way told you what to think how to think who to believe who to not believe and only listen to our instruction only read our literature and so on mm-hmm. i do feel that there is quite a large number of people who come out of those groups and see um conspiracy and this sort of control in everything um And I did want to talk briefly about some of the bigger themes in this film, Um, because I think there is, so there's this and there's the matrix and there's one or two others that are kind of similar, which is this idea that the new, new Apple TV series, by the way, that um, I recommend called silo. That's a bit like this as well. So the idea is that, you know, you're in a world and you're lied about the world that you're in and look behind the curtain at this other thing that's going on and this essentially is a big conspiracy theory so if you were to think about truman finding out about what's happening essentially he's he's realizing the conspiracy so i know a lot of um people who are conspiracy theorists look at things like the truman show the matrix of course there's the red pill and the blue pill stuff um they look at that as a kind of analog for what's going on now and that behind the scenes there's these puppet masters kind of creating the world and the um pretend world that we're all being fooled by um and i think if you've been in a cult i think that's really it's it's very understandable to have those views of course, you could argue that if you're not thinking like that, you've just still got a hangover from the days when you were in the cult and you're just believing things just the same as you were when you were in the group. So there's kind of two sort of alternate arguments there. But um, I feel that there's a there's a risk that we essentially see a massive conspiracy behind everything. That's not to say that you should just believe everything that you hear or see. Um, and you should always take everything with a certain pinch of salt i think it's just not to swing completely to the other way isn't isn't it i think you know when you when you leave take with you your newfound ability to question um and and also choose to believe in things you have to question everything but you know enjoy it you're allowed to question um yeah absolutely yeah but yeah you don't have to question everything and sometimes consensus will be right and and sometimes it won't but yeah you could be exhausted paralyzed just enjoy enjoy this life that you are now free to enjoy yes yeah i think there's definitely there's definitely something to that yeah for me i think whether i'm watching legacy media as they like to call it now um or whether i'm watching a youtube video i think 
I think it's a good thing to have a, a skepticism about what you're listening to. Um, I don't see a problem with that. But what I don't believe is that it's all connected to the some grand conspiracy. So mm-hmm. that's the bit that I think for me, by all means, you know, question the things that you've been told, but to imagine that it's all part of the same single conspiracy. Truman was a single conspiracy. The Matrix is about a single conspiracy. Um, but I think the real world, you've got probably lots of conspiracies, lots of people trying to manipulate the narrative, trying to get their own ideas across and trying to create a world that suits them best. Mostly rich people, mostly people with privilege, lots and lots of money want to keep it. And so they want to keep those systems in place. So for me, that's that they're likely to be the motivations. It worries me that there is a belief that there's somehow a kind of big version of the Truman Show going on in the world and that there's this kind of puppet master or puppet masters controlling literally everything. Um, The Truman Show was very controlled. It was in a dome on an island. It was all controlled very, very carefully. Yeah, I don't personally see that as happening in the world, but that's just my opinion. I don't think it's a a rogue one to state. I don't think you have to prefix it, but yeah. Mm. Just we're not all under a dome. Some people think we are. Well, Um, and now they've left listening. I've ruined it for them. So sorry. (laughs) (laughs) The dome people have left us. (laughs) The flat earthers went a long time ago, I think. Right. Okay. Well, I reckon that's it, Celine. I think we've we've Mm -hmm. done the Truman Show. Reckon so. I reckon so. Um, Okay. So Truman Show starring Jim Carrey, Laura Linney as Meryl, his wife, Ed Harris as Christoph, Natasha McAloney as Lauren and Noah Emmerich has Marlon, his best friend. Whenever we do these sorts of episodes, people often um, put little comments and uh, come back with ideas, uh, extra mm-hmm. ones that they thought. So that's great. It was always nice to to see that mm-hmm. and hear, hear that. So yeah, feel free to reach out and tell us what you think. Cool. Well, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Um, check out our socials. Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm at Celine Rach on instagram that's where i live um on the internet <laughs> and there is a court hackers instagram page which mm-hmm. yeah follows on that um i'm on twitter steve or sheep and also court hackers again um so yeah reach out that way or of course you can reach out to us through the website so you can send us a, a little message we're getting more and more messages um more interactions so that's really great mm-hmm. thank you for that really do appreciate it don't forget to write a review and give us a rating on Apple Podcasts if you listen to us. Five stars. Five stars. <laughs> Only five stars. <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you, Celine. And see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.